weeks ago, Dan Thacker of Teamsters Local 610 was our guest on this show. The union leader said that the school bus drivers that he represents had been encouraged by the state to apply for unemployment. Due to coronavirus, and you know, I, I believe 100% that these bus drivers should have absolutely qualified for it. They did as told, and they were approved for the benefits. But now, Missouri wants the money back. Their jobs were shut down due to the pandemic. Um, and I think for a lot of people, it's really frustrating to have been given guidance to apply for these programs, be told you're eligible, and then months later receive these massive bills in the mail. As it turns out, far more people are affected than even our Teamsters guest realized. Missouri now says 46,000 residents were overpaid through no fault of their own. Really what we heard this week in these hearings was a defense of the department's handling. Excess payments total $150 million, and that is money that the state now wants back. Yesterday, Governor Mike Parson doubled down on the state's attempts to collect that money. There was mistakes made, there's no doubt about that. But at the end of the day, I think there is a responsibility as taxpayers' money. If somebody got more money than they should have got, you should ask for it back and says, hey, you know, you owe that to the, to the taxpayer. You don't owe it to me, but to the people that paid it, because uh, there's going to be somebody else tomorrow wanting unemployment benefits too. Now, even some lawmakers in Governor Parson's own party seem skeptical about this. Here's an exchange from a hearing earlier this week. First, you'll hear State Representative John Eggleston. He's a Republican from Maysville, and he's questioning Anna Hugh, director of the Missouri Department of Labor. You're going to be hard-pressed to find a more physically, physically conservative person in here than me, but I think we, we screwed up, you know, as a state government, you know, to ask folks back, this late in the game. I mean, if it was like a week or so ago, I get it. But at this point, most people have spent all of this I, stuff. And that has so. been true, sir, every time. I mean, overpayments are part of the unemployment process, and we know that those funds have more than likely been spent already. So, again, it's part of the built-in process of making sure that we are only paying benefits out to those who are eligible. And that is Anna Hugh, director of the Missouri Department of Labor. St. Louis Public Radio economic development reporter Corinne Ruff has stayed on this story, and she joins us today with the latest. Corinne, welcome. Hey, Sarah. Thanks for having me. So $150 million. This is a lot of money. How did the magnitude of this problem come to light? Yeah, absolutely. It, it is a lot of money. And um, we, we found out a lot more information this week about this story. I mean, certainly we've been hearing from people tell us anecdotally that they've gotten notifications and these pretty big bills in the mail for, for a couple of weeks now. But um, today, as you mentioned, Anna Hugh, the d d director of the Department of Labor, appeared before two House committees. And that gave lawmakers a chance to ask a lot more questions about the magnitude of this. And so you heard in that clip there a little bit of Hugh defending um, the department's handling of these overpayments, as she says, overpayments are not unusual. They do happen every year. What's different this time is that the amount of claims is just enormous. So many more people are filing for unemployment for the very first time. And just to give you some context, the state paid out $236 million in unemployment claims in 2019. And that amount in 2020 was $5 billion. Actually, wow. more than that. So they're so handling they are a dealing, big volume here. Absolutely. And, and that's part of the issue, right, is that, you know, they have a, a relatively small staff to handle the in, influx of claims now. Um, and, and part of what 
he was trying to say is that the reason why some of these bills are so high is also because we saw for the first time new programs roll out from the federal government. So if you remember, Mac, maybe back to earlier on in the pandemic, the government was giving out an extra $600 a week to, to folks who were able to get unemployment claims. The state is saying that, hey, if you were not eligible, if we later determined that you are actually not eligible for even a single dollar of state unemployment, you can't get any of that federal money and now you have to pay it all back. So those bills quickly added up. Okay. So when we're talking about $150 million, it sounds like a big chunk of that is actually federal money. Is the state just playing collections agent on behalf of the feds? That's a really good question that lawmakers also posed. Um, you know, after a lot of prodding from different representatives, Hugh confirmed that a bulk of that $150 million is actually from those federal programs. So if they're recouping that money, they would actually be sending it back to the U.S. Treasury. It would not be staying within Missouri's economy. It would not be staying within Missouri's fund for unemployment claims within this state. And, and so, you know, Rachel Prouty, who's a Democrat from Ferguson, question that. Like, is this is this something that we should be doing? What incentives does the state have to be going and collecting this money from people who, frankly, already spent it on bills? Why is the state doing this? Um, and really, the defense that Hugh comes back to is that the state has to. The state has a law that says overpayments are required to be collected and pay back to the state. Um, and, and really, What's interesting about this now is that the federal government has given states the ability to waive that. Say, you know what, hmm. you can just forgive all of these overpayments given the situation that we're in right now. Um, but Hugh goes back to, you know, because we have the state statute, we don't really think we can do that, although the state has the discretion. So again, hmm. when she was pressed by representatives, so who has the discretion to make that decision? It, it comes down to her office and Governor Parson. Um, and as you played the clip from Parson, we can we can clearly see where he stands on this. He sort of dug his heels in on the fact that he thinks people should pay back this money. So it's an interesting stance for him to be taking. Seems like potentially pretty unpopular with a whole lot of people. What are other lawmakers saying about this, people within the legislature? Yeah, so, you know, I tuned into two different committee meetings this week, and it's certainly across, it's a bipartisan issue, it seems. You know, people from, from both parties have been hounded, I don't know if hounded is the right word, but certainly been contacted very frequently by people in their districts who are having problems with these bills and, and not really feeling like they're able to pay them back. So, um you know, there there was also a representative, Mark um, Elbrach, from a Democrat from Liberty, who questioned, you know, again, does this make financial sense? If people appeal these cases, these new determinations, is the state actually going to end up paying more money to fight these determinations than if they were to just say, just keep the money? Hmm. So it sounds like the governor's office is under some pressure from lawmakers to just drop this thing. But based on those those comments from Governor Parson that, that you uh, helped us play earlier, it doesn't sound like he's in the mood to do that. It doesn't. I mean, he did say, you know, he doesn't know what's going to happen with the legislature. We know that this week, three House Democrats from the St. Louis region actually filed separate bills to try to block this overpayment collection process. They want to change that law that says Missouri is required by law to collect these overpayments. Hmm. So we're not sure exactly what will happen with that yet. Um, they also filed a resolution calling on Parson to forgive the balance of the non-fraudulent overpayments. And I think that's one important distinction to make. 
Parson has previously said that people defrauded the system. But this week, Hugh pointed out that only 3% of these overpayments are due to fraud. Hmm. So the vast majority are people who, you know, either think that they are entitled to these benefits. A lot of them are, you know, gig workers, people who have really complicated employment terms as it is. And, you know, up until last year, the state had no way of providing aid to people who are freelancers or in the gig economy. So these are kind of new situations that the employment offices are not used to dealing with either. Hmm. Well, here at St. Louis on the Air, we have heard from a lot of people affected by this. And Corinne, I know you have too. One of the people you spoke with was Sandra Griffin. She's an illustrator and she taught at schools part-time. Here's how she described what it felt like to first apply for unemployment last year. Oh, nerve-wracking. I mean, you call in and you wait for hours, you finally get somebody on there and they give you one answer, then you have to call back. And I mean, it took like a long, long process, but I was finally approved, which I was grateful for. And then I had income throughout the summer, which I needed because I really rely on summer school. And again, that's Sandra Griffin. She said she was in touch many times with the Department of Labor. She wanted to make sure she was doing everything right. I called multiple times whenever I had a question, and I was always told, oh, things look fine. You're fine. No need to worry. I mean, that was the the response. And there was never like, oh, be sure to set it aside because we might want it all back. <laughs> Don't spend it, you know, because we're going to, we're you know, no, no, that was never, never made clear. And that is Sandra Griffin, one of the 46,000 Missourians who's now under orders to repay this money. Uh, Corinne, hearing what she said there and just these assurances she was given that, you know, they're the ones who who told her she was eligible for this money. Is that a common theme with the people you've talked to? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've spoken to a lot of folks who, you know, are adjunct professors, maybe they're, they're full-time musicians, but they teach on the side or they're in theater production, they're actors, they're people who, you know, had never explored the unemployment um, system before, but they were encouraged to, and they felt like they really needed the money because their jobs were shut down due to the pandemic. Um, And I think for a lot of people, it's really frustrating to have been given guidance to apply for these programs, be told you're eligible, and then months later receive these massive bills in the mail. And so I think that's a really stressful thing for a lot of people in these situations. And, you know, I've talked to some people who are appealing it. But again, that's also a stressful situation. You've got this thing hanging over your head. And, you know, people are trying to collect as much information as they can about their case to prove to the state that, hey, I I really deserve this money. And I already spent it on bills and things that I needed to to keep myself going. We did get a caller with a question. Um, Eric from St. Louis wanted to know, what about the people who made this mistake? Have they done anything to take responsibility or is anybody talking about them taking responsibility here? Did you hear anything in the hearings you covered, Corinne? Um, Do you think that he's talking about, you know, folks at the Department of Labor? Yeah, I I think, yeah, the people who just encouraged people like, yeah, you've got this money, you know, I'm going to green light you for this. And now the state wants it back. Yeah, you know, that has not come up. I think really what we heard this week in these hearings was a defense of the department's handling of overpayments and that Mm -hmm. it's not an unusual thing. I I don't think we heard an acknowledgement that the department has made any mistakes at all. Has the department given any assurances that this problem is in the rearview mirror or could this be happening in real time now to people where we're going to be hounding them in a couple months for the money back? 
That is also a good question. That that came up as well from some lawmakers during these hearings. And um, the the short answer is that nothing much has changed. The department believes that you know it's still handling all the cases individually as they come in, you know, more people are applying for unemployment. So, you know, not much has changed. I think the department, um, you know, knows that a lot of these things have become an issue, but they they believe they're handling the, the best they can. Well, St. Louis Public Radio economic development reporter Corinne Ruff, um, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. I have a feeling this is not the last time we're going to talk to you about this story. <laughs> no, thanks for having me, Sarah. More reporting from the St. Louis on the Air team is available at stlpublicradio.org. And be sure never to miss a conversation by subscribing to our podcast. You can find St. Louis on the Air on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts on the App Store. St. Louis on the Air is produced by Evie Hempo, Lara Hamden, Emily Woodbury, and Alex Hoyer. The audio engineer is Aaron Dorr. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio 90.7 KWMU. Thank you for listening. I'm Sarah Fenske. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.